Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. He'll get you the sports and it when that he can. It's Mike Francis on the fan. We welcome you to the program here on The Fan, a little after 6 o'clock, and also on Radio.com across the country uh, on this uh, February evening, brought to you as always by the good folks at Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, the tequila brought to you by those who drink it, so they bring you this uh, program for the half hour every single night, and we thank them for that every night, every day of the year, so uh, Casamigos is with us. Now, um, I mentioned the Wilpon statement, which really said nothing. Uh, I also uh, was, it's funny, I always get down to the Mets side of spring training, even if I don't go do shows at spring training, which I won't do this year because, you know, I won't do shows there because they'll let the guys do shows there. You know, they're doing drive now. They should do the shows there. So I don't want to do shows there, but I go visit. And I go more readily to the Mets side because I, I have a house on on that side. So I, I, I have a house about 50 minutes, 45 minutes from the Mets training facility uh, down in the Palm Beach area. And... um I know that if you've ever gone there through the years, let's just say the Mets facility, while being okay, is not exactly what you would call plush. You know, it's like it has never been anything fancy. Now, spring training doesn't have to be fancy, but, you know, the way I've always looked at spring training is if you've ever been down there and been through a lot of the places, a lot of them are not very, very Fancy places. I mean, they're not real enormous buildings. They're not, you know, they, they hold a couple thousand people. There's two exceptions, really. The place that the, they play down in Palm Beach is pretty nice. What the Red Sox have down at Fort Myers is really nice. And what the Yankees have is just, you know, because they both draw so much, they have larger facilities. They have bigger areas, you know, they just have, they have more stadium, it's more stadium, it's more like a real stadium. If you've ever been there, you know. Uh, and also, the Yankees have this huge area where you can buy, you know, merchandise. It's just vast when you first get there, it's right there, you know, so that, that's, they, they want to sell you stuff, which is what their deal is. Um, so, tradition field and the whole thing in Port St. Lucie, I mean, it has grown enormously. When I first, when Dog and I first went to Port St. Lucie, there was nothing there. We would drive up. We'd stay at PJ National at that time because there was no hotels in, in Port St. Lucie when we would drive up to do the show. So there was nowhere to stay there. 
They used to call it, the players used to call it Port, Port St. Lonesome in those days. Now, it's grown a lot. I mean, it's grown into a real city since then. In those days, there was one place in town. It was like a Chico's. I think it was a Chico's was the name of the place that had food. I think it was Chico's. I might be wrong, but I think it was. There was no hotels. There was nothing there. You'd get off, the, get off 95, and you would just drive in, and the field would be there. I mean, nothing there. Now, since then, they have golf courses, and they have, they've built up a whole, as happens there, you know, they build, what Florida has done through the years is they have built residential communities around golf tournaments and spring training facilities. That's what they did. That's basically what they do. They build homes around them, and they build towns around, these, uh, around the minor league teams, around the major league teams playing there in the spring, and around golf tournaments. Like, you know, they'd have a golf tournament, and then after a couple of years, they'd sell all the houses out around that, and they move the golf tournament. And then sell the houses around that for a couple of years. So that's how, that's, that's how basically they've done it in Florida. And Port St. Lucie's become, I mean, that whole area has been built up. Port St. Lucie's been built up. Stewart's been built up. That whole area north of Palm Beach has really grown dramatically as Florida continues to grow dramatically. But... So I just see that the Mets have put $57 million into their f- – think about that. Not like $2 million or a million or, you know, a couple of bucks. They put $57 million into their facility. I can't wait to see it. You put $57 million, it's got to be pretty nice. So I hear they got a really nice clubhouse now, which they really didn't have anything fancy, and they have a fancy dining room and the whole deal. But when they leave, they lock the door. They don't let the minor league team use it. So you're going to tell me this is only for the Mets. The rest of the year, it's shut down. So when the Mets get there now this week, and they're there, they'll be there in a couple of days, you know, when they have games starting on the 22nd, which is, you know, 10 days from now, 12 days from now. And then they play every day, and then they'll leave, you know, the break camp late March and come on up. So they're there for a good five weeks, six weeks overall, if you count this week. And they now put, according to what I saw, 50. If that's right, I mean, that sounds like a lot of money to put into that place. $57 million? I can't wait. I mean, I've been going to that park every year. You know, for years, Bob Murphy, God rest his soul, used to curse they didn't have an elevator. So he's taking forever to go up the stairs there. It used to be quite a walk to get up to the top there, you know, to do a show. They finally put an elevator in. They didn't have that for a long time. And it's never been the most, you know, it's been fine, but it's never been like something you'd say, wow, what a heck of a building. You know, you'd go down and look at the Red Sox place, and you'd say, you know, this is pretty cool. You go down and look at the Yankees place. Hey, no, it's, it's pretty nice. The Red Sox is nicer than the Yankees, but it just it's it's because it's more it fits their motif a little more. But they're both really nice, and they both you know a sizable place. I mean, the place that can hold a lot of people because they draw well. And the Phillies have dolled their place up in Clearwater. I went over to Clearwater a couple of years ago and did a thing over there, and they got a whole party going back on behind the left field fence. They got a whole restaurant, and a bar there, and it's all. And they got some stuff going on there, and it's okay. I mean, I've been going down to Florida since I was a kid and seeing these places. And they used to be, like, you know, really barren back in the old days. I mean, I'm, I've, I've been going to spring training since I, was, since I was 16. 
So 57 million, though, I can't wait to see what they did for 57 million bucks. And then the Mets, instead of it being a good thing, they get blasted because they let it be known that they're not letting their minor leaguers use the facility. (laughs) So now they get beat up for that. Only the Mets. Even when they do something nice, like put $57 million into their facility, which I, I'm sure means they built them a nice clubhouse, they built them a nice training facility, maybe they put a nice indoor cage in for when it rains, or you know they, they put in a nice dining area. I'm not sure exactly what they did there. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the plans yet. I, I, I mean, I can think of the place to walking through it, so I can kind of figure out where everything is. But, I mean, 57 sounds like a lot. For a place like that, you think a couple of mil, okay, 57 million? And then what happens? All anyone cares about is that they're going to shut the door and not let the minor league team use it. What are they going to do, ruin the carpet? I mean, they don't pay the poor kids. You know, the least they can do is let them use the nice facilities for them. I mean, what, 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 what are they, they going to hurt? Ah. Uh. It's always one thing after another. It really is. It really is. And as we said, they put out this statement today, which I know got you everything you wanted to hear, which is basically, we want you to know as spring training begins that we can't tell you anything that happened. We have no interest in telling you anything that did happen. We don't have to tell you what happened because we have a non-disclosure agreement and a confidentiality agreement. And we want you to know we're getting past everything that happened, even though we're not going to tell you what happened. And we have a commitment to winning in 2020. And we're going to look forward to a new transaction, but we're not going to tell you anything about that either. Have a good year. (laughs) That's the statement. So exactly why they decided to write it, I have no idea. Because there is not one not one iota of a, of a kernel of information in the entire thing. Not one. We didn't learn anything we didn't know. They're non-disclosure, we know that. They don't intend on telling us what happened, we know that. They want to move on, we know that. We're not going to discuss anything new, and we're not going to tell you anything about the process until we have a, a buyer in place. So, in essence, we didn't tell you anything. We're not going to tell you anything. Don't look for anything. Have a good year. They wonder why the fans have a problem with them. Can't make it up. Back after this. All right, we're back as we take you right up to Steve Summers at 6.30 this evening. I mentioned the Oscars, which were a total disaster. I'm not going to go rail again on the whole thing, which I did earlier uh, when I first came on today. But, uh, I mean, just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, why even bother? I mean, they take one of the great American events and have turned it into a just an awful show that's impossible to watch. And the ratings now have just gone through the floor. I mean, if you saw last night's ratings, they are unbelievable how bad, from their lowest ratings, which two years ago, they actually trended up a little bit last year for the first time in like five years, they had gone straight down. They were three million lower than their all-time lowest ratings. And they're, in key demographics, their numbers went down 31%. So, I mean, the show is unwatchable. Whoever thought of not having a host is a great idea. I mean, and the idea of it just turning it into uh, one, you know, civic-minded and uh, political 
you know, politically targeted speech after another is the reason why basically America's turned it off. They don't watch it anymore. They just don't watch it. So from that standpoint, you know, this is a show that's supposed to be for everybody, and it's not. It's a show now that is for people who have like views. If they don't have like views, and I don't care if you believe in what they say or don't believe in what they say. It's not the venue for it. It's supposed to be an entertaining show. It's supposed to be a show that highlights the glamour, the glitz, you know, the celebrity, the special qualities that is what, you know, Hollywood has to offer. You know, the, you know, theater of the mind, the imagination, you know, bigger than life kind of thing that you think about when you think about Hollywood, you know, uh, all that stuff wrapped into one night of glamour, the red carpet, the whole thing. Instead, what you get is guys win or ladies win and go up there and just look, they look miserable, uh, thank a couple of people and then go into whatever, you know, attack they want to go into, uh, which if you're not of like view, you say, okay, see ya. Click, and if you figure that you do the just a quick math on the subject, it's a fifty-fifty world. They appeal to fifty percent of the people. They don't appeal to fifty percent of the people. You don't want to cut your audience in half. How do you like if the Super Bowl decides to cut its audience in half based on what side of the aisle you're on? Why would you do that to your big event? Why would you want to do that to your audience? It's about your audience. You're selling something. That's the, the idea of that program is to promote and sell their industry. That's, that is the premise of it, okay, is to promote and sell your industry, okay? That's it. All right? I'm going to take a couple of calls here for a minute. I, I know we don't often, but you know what? I, I've heard from a lot of people who tell me that we should take a couple. So when I have a chance, I'm going to try and squeeze a couple in in the back of the half hour. I know we, we're tight on time and a lot of nights there's a lot going on. But when I can, I will. So uh, jump aboard and we'll get a couple in. Because I've heard from so many people tell me, please try to get a couple of phone calls in when you can. Uh, they like the phone calls. So I will try to get a couple in from time to time or – most of the time, I will try to do everything I need to do in the first segment and maybe be able to squeeze a handful, like three or four or five. It may depend on the day, you know, some days more if there's not anything going on. But I will try to squeeze them into the program, okay, as, as, as best I can before we say goodbye. It's a fast half hour, obviously, with the commercials. So I will do that uh, to the best of my ability because I have heard from a lot of folks about that. Rocco in uh, Freehold, what's up, Rocco? What's on your mind? Hey, Mike. Nice talking to you. Yeah, again, what's Mike. happening? What's happening? Mike, I'm a longtime Mets fan, frustrated with the Wilpons. I can't wait for them to sell the team. But I just need the explanation on something regarding. So they didn't want to give Cohen the full control as he bought the team. Now that the deal is dead, now they're saying the next buyer who buys the team, they have no problems giving. Well, control. you see, they're not selling. You see, they're opening the team. Here's the thing they sold the team to a guy who already had an 8% stake in the team who was a friend. So it wasn't a typical sale. Now they are going about a sale in the old way of selling the team. They're opening it up to everybody. So the team will be sold in a more natural and more typical way now. So it will be sold to where I think it will be under baseball's rule where they'll say, listen, it's going to be a sale and it'll be that's it. One sale, final, they take over their team kind of thing where they'll be vetted 
they'll, they'll, they'll agree on a price. Then they'll be vetted. If they get through the, if they're cleared and they're vetted as, as a, you know, as a responsible owner and they clear muster and they, you know, they get them cleaned and they make sure that they have no scandals and no problems and whatever, then they're capable of buying the team. Then it's their team when they take over. So I think, okay. listen, to sell the, the reason why that made no sense from a business standpoint, but they were friends. They were friends for a long time, but you know what happens when friends do business, things get a little, a little ugly, and clearly here, what happened was, it was not about the price of the team because the one thing about Cohen is he doesn't care what he pays for things. He he likes to pay a lot, so he doesn't care about that. He's got more money than he can count. What happened was, it was a question. From what I understand, it was a question of when he would gain full control of the team. That was the issue. When would he gain full control of the team? That was open to debate, and they couldn't agree on exactly when that would be. Do you have any idea who would buy the team? Now? I do not yet. I've heard a couple of names, but I don't have anything concrete yet, so I won't say anything. Um, I I don't know. Remember, you're talking about something that's going to cost somewhere in the neighborhood of between two and a half and three uh, three billion dollars. You're talking about very very wealthy people. Okay, I mean, you're talking about someone in the group, even if it's a group, someone in the group has to be worth. 500 million clean, clear, clean. Someone's got to be able to produce that without any borrowing, any anything. It's got to be worth over $500 million. So with that, you're letting a lot of people out when you're dealing with that. You're talking about someone who's very, very wealthy. Uh, So I don't know yet, but there are. And let me tell you, thanks for the call. There are a lot of guys on Wall Street. I mean, you could line up a lot of guys who run a lot of these businesses on Wall Street who have made that kind of money. So there are Wall Street, and you've seen Wall Street guys. You saw, you've seen Bomber get involved from Microsoft with the Clippers. You have seen Tepper now in Carolina. Here's Stevie Cohen, who was one of the guys who uh, is one of the guys who did it as, as well as anybody. And I mean, he's worth supposedly thirteen billion dollars. That's an incredible amount of money. Uh, let's let you know when when you hear about it, he would be the richest man in baseball at thirteen million, and then you realize that Bloomberg has almost fifty billion and you realize how wealthy Bloomberg is. I mean it's scary how wealthy he is. Nathan in Brooklyn, what's up, Nathan? Hey Mike, good afternoon. Yeah, what's happening? What's happening? Missed you on the air, long time no speak. Anyway, um on the Mets, you think uh, in my opinion, Stevie Cohn he he overbid for the Mets. Do you think there's any chance that he's gonna end up buying it anyway? Like like the last little said, like once the Mets are seeding control anyway the one he goes oh, I don't know. You know that, that that's a that, you know that's a fair question, Nathan. I guess he could listen. Could he buy them through regular channels? I guess he could. I mean, it's unlikely. I, I mean, why not? I I mean, it sounds. Now, you see, the only reason I would say you ask a good question, and I can't answer that for this reason. And thanks for the call. The reason is he owns eight percent. Does baseball exclude him from bidding because he owns eight percent? Or is he allowed to be a bidder even though through proper channels, even though he owns 8%? I don't know. Baseball would have to clarify that for you. I don't know the, how they would deal with that because he already is a minority owner. So he's not outside the tent. He's inside the tent. So if they're now going to go through the process of finding people who are outside the tent, new money, I don't know how they would judge him. I don't see why he would be excluded from buying the whole thing. But he does own 8%. So he is obviously not going to have to pay full price because he would be paying himself, you know, 8% of the team back. 
And he said now he was looking forward to making a profit on his 8%. I don't know what he paid for the 8% exactly. I don't know what he put up in real terms. I don't know what he, I, I, I don't know. I've not heard the number exactly what he gave, what he gave the Wilpons for the 8%. I'm not sure. Adam in Staten Island. What's up, Adam? Hey, Mike. Good talking to you. Yeah, what's happening? Um, real quick on the Oscars, and I agree it's become unwatchable, but uh, just because you were a part of it, I just want to know you, what you thought. I thought that Sandler not getting nominated for an Oscar is one of the m- biggest snubs in mo- more recent Oscar history. It was such a snub. Even the Zappi brothers not getting Best Director or Best Original Screenplay. I mean, I don't know if they just don't like certain people. I think the I think them. I think they don't. I think. Listen, I'm not an expert on this, but what I can tell from the outside in is, it's very difficult to get independent movies nominated. It, it, you know, A24 made that movie. It's an independent, uh, they're independent guys. They're a little bit, the Safety brothers, who are great guys, are on the outside looking in a little bit right now, even though they work for Scorsese, I believe, a couple times. Um, listen, Sandler, I thought, should have been nominated. Uh, I'm biased, of course, because I was in the movie, but the point was I thought he was great in the movie. Uh, I would have thought he could have got a nomination. I knew it would have been a long shot for him to win. Uh, all right, but uh, I thought he deserved one. A lot of people who do that professionally thought he deserved one. I think the movie being an independent is a big issue. Uh, and I think Sandler sometimes, when you're a guy who has as much success he as he has making movies, because one thing he's big at is he's big at selling tickets. He sells tickets to all his movies. This movie sold tickets. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. I went to see this movie. I was down in Palm Beach at Christmas time. And I had a bunch of people staying with me who wanted to see the movie. So we went to the theater. We called up the theater that night. They were already sold out. The next night, it was sold out again. We had to wait three nights to get in. And I sat in the second row, which I hate doing because I hate looking up at the screen from the second row. We sat in the second row that night. The theater was sold out three straight nights for that movie. And I mean, yeah. that's for an independent movie like that. That's that's pretty good that it was sold out he like was, that. Yeah, he was amazing, and his and his energy. Like I don't know. Yeah, how it, it, you know, I, I, it was an odd movie. So I know people who loved it. I know people who didn't love it. And that's the way movies are. You know, it's not for everybody. I think the guys, for the, the Safdies, first of all, are very talented guys. They're they're also a riot, which is is, is they're just really funny guys. I mean, I got to have them on a show sometime because they're hilarious. I mean, so uh, I will do that. Uh, and. I thought Sandler was great in the movie. I really did. I, I thought he was in every scene. Uh, it was an incredible performance. I thought. I really. I thought it was a great performance. I, I really did. Real quick, Mike, what do you think of like a foreign film getting both best picture and foreign film? Like, do you think you know the foreign film should stay within the foreign films? I. I. I listen. I, I think it's. I think uh, great point. And thanks for the call. I think that if the movie has subtitles. And I don't know if this movie, Parasite, has subtitles or not. I guess it does. It must, right? It was in a foreign language. so It's got to have subtitles. I think if it's got subtitles, it should be in a different category. I don't think it should be in the same category as the other American pictures. I have no problem with it getting awards. It might be very much worthy of awards. I'm sure it is. But I think a movie that has subtitles should be in a different. It should be in a foreign film category, not in a regular category. I just think that makes sense. It's a different kind of movie. Bob joins us real quick. What's up, Bob? Hey, Mike. Speaking of the uh, second row, I sat in the fir- front row for Schindler's List back in the day. 
You know, yeah, well, I mean, but that's a, that's a classic, though. I mean, you know, so... I know, you know, but yeah. it's a three-hour movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, my, I my mean... Neck was, my neck yeah, See, me. I hate sitting up there. I yeah. mean, I, I, uh, real quick, I got to go, so go ahead. What, what's on your mind? Well, I just want to let you know, I used to live in Port St. Lucie. My understanding is the city of Port St. Lucie uh, put the bill for this. Oh, they did? 57 yeah. But whoever paid for it, what the heck did they do for $57 well, million? Dollars? Concessions, a new, new clubhouse, and uh, uh, bathrooms. For fifty man, I can't wait to see it. It must be. Well, thanks for the call. It must be beautiful. I mean, fifty-seven million is a lot of money for that kind of stadium. You know, it's not. It's not like a big stadium. I mean, fifty-seven million stunned me. I couldn't believe it. I thought that was amazing. I can't wait to see it. I'll be down there in, sometime in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to go over there and see it. Uh, so I always go over there, you know, at least a couple times a year. But I'll go over, and I want to go through it. It must be beautiful. 57 mil. But why not let the minor leaguers use it? I mean, it makes no sense. The Mets, instead of this being a positive, becomes a negative against the Mets because it's like the Mets' decision. I don't know if it's the Mets' decision or not, but the Mets are getting knocked for it. Why not let the minor leaguers use the thing? Open the thing up for everybody. Let them all use it. What do you care? You're not there anyway. You're there for six weeks. And that'll do it. Steve Summers coming up. We'll see you tomorrow. I'll try to squeeze a couple calls in every night at the end of the show. Maybe we'll try and squeeze five in every night as much as we possibly can. Uh, brought to you, of course, by the good folks at Casamigos Tequila. Brought to you by those who drink it. Casamigos Tequila. Go try one or try it. It's a great product. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, have a good Monday night, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.